0: Little roller up along first, behind the back. it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets
1: win it. A 2-1 pitch, and a drive in the air to deep right field, that ball headed toward the wall, that ball is out of here, out of here, a game winning grand slam home run, off the bat of Robin Ventura. Wait. And it's hit deep to left center, Andrew Jones on the run, this one has a chance, home run. Piazza and the Mitch lead three to two. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track right at the fence. He made the
0: catch.
1: Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo. He took a home run away from Justin Turner.
0: Wow. your attention please the show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. go episode 22 welcome to the Shea Hello Podcast. My name is Casey Lynn, and I'm joined by my co-host, former Major League pitcher Bill Pulsifer, as we took the week off last week, and we are right back at it for what is unbelievably episode number 22. Uh, First and foremost, we are brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com, and our producer, Stephen White, behind the scenes, doing a great job as always. Uh, He has a (coughs) podcast out. Check it out. uh, Cold Popcast. Current events, great, great podcast. Uh without further ado, Bill, how have you been? I'm hanging in there. Same old, same old, you know, kinda of getting through the winter here a little bit. Yeah, it's uh I hear winter finally hit in the northeast. Well you got some snow and what twenty degrees?
1: Yeah, we got uh some snow last week and it was uh extremely cold. You know, it's it was down into the uh the low twenties, but with the uh the real feel it was uh down yeah. in the low teens and it was it has been cold not not enjoying that <clears throat> yeah well uh welcome to
0: the northeast in the winter you know <laughs> yeah
1: man it's been uh, it's been actually mellow the last few years so uh this is kind I of, of a, yeah kind of,
0: kind well, of a cold snap well the good news is baseball's just around the corner as yeah. we record this we're approximately what would you say three weeks or so from uh pitchers and catchers spring training beginning
1: yeah maybe just um, a little over three weeks
0: and we great. have a lot to talk about since we missed last week. So we'll dive uh, right into it first uh, because we didn't record last week. Uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't re- uh, pay our respect to the great legend and great man that he was the passing of former Met, uh, Buddy Harrelson. I know that you knew him on a personal level. I knew him on a personal level. Uh, just your thoughts on, you know, just a great guy.
1: Yeah. Bud was a tremendous guy. Um, and I, the- I had done a little post, and I, I didn't even realize this until I'd seen it, that uh, the only only met in uniform in both wins, uh, yeah. uh, World Series wins. So that's pretty darn cool. But uh, yeah. great guy, hilarious, great sense of humor. Uh, one of the guys, you know, um, I, I got a chance to play for him. Um, he wasn't actually the manager at the time, but he was kind of manager emeritus uh, with the Long Island Ducks. Yeah. And um, he just did a tremendous job there with putting together – Uh, you know, some pretty damn big names in the Atlantic League. I was just going through right before we got on air and and look at some of the guys that he was able to bring in there. And, uh, you know, former MVPs like Juan Gonzalez, you know, Henry Rodriguez, Carlos Baerga played there. Jose Lima played there. I obviously played there. Um, He did a great job of giving – guys opportunities you know to, to keep the uniform on and give them an opportunity to get back to the big leagues uh, we were able to win a championship the first year that i was there their first championship with the with the long island ducks and uh buddy is a legend buddy is a mets hero he's a long island hero and uh he will be he will be dearly missed by the the baseball community and especially the mets and the long island ducks community
0: yeah uh, i could not say it any better uh, you mentioned the Long Island the Ducks. That's how I knew him. Or uh, when I was their broadcaster and uh, director of uh, broadcasting and media relations, I had Buddy was the man. Everybody wanted a- autographed autograph Buddy. Everybody wanted to meet Buddy, you know, so Buddy, we were buddies, you know, um, and uh, I actually looked at my uh, phone the other day and I still had his cell phone number in my phone. It was, it hit me a little harder when I yeah. saw that going through my contacts, but I have nothing but great things to say about Buddy. We went on so many uh, Christmas hospital trips where we visited the uh, hospitals in Suffolk County and brought gifts from the ducks to the children who were sick to bring a smile to their face. All the parades, all the hospital visits during Christmas time and also Valentine's Day. He signed everything. He, he was kind, uh, humble, uh, just a great man. And uh, you're right he won a world series in 69 with the Mets and he was the third base coach running around in the, uh, the big classic moment. We all remember, you know, right. the ball getting through Buckner's legs. You see buddy, you know, running with, uh, Jason Ray uh, night down. Yep. yep. He's, uh, part of the only, the two championships right there. So that's, that's history. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, I posted on X Twitter, uh, going back to just how kind he was when I was there, he gave me, uh, his 69 Mets world championship ring to wear out to lunch one day. And I did. Uh, He trusted me obviously. And it was freaking awesome. Yeah. uh, yeah. You know, just to wear a ring of a world championship. So, uh, but he was a great man, nothing but respect to him. And uh, we will miss him for sure. May he rest in peace. Yes, sir. May he rest in peace. Uh, Speaking of former Mets and the Mets, there's a lot, to do still unbelievable that we're three weeks still uh, only I should say away from spring training and the Mets roster is still not complete uh, we touched upon it in our last episode of uh, Manaya and Bader the last two uh, free agents that they sign but they still need a quote-unquote DH or somebody another bat if you will and they need at least one and probably two relievers. Uh, and Bill, there's still 163 free agents out there right now. And Like I've said already twice, spring training's about three weeks away. What do you attest or do you even remember an offseason where so many free agents are available and little time left until we start? I definitely don't remember
1: this many. Uh, I do remember over the last few years some guys – some of the bigger names holding out and and waiting, you know, and signing it right after spring training gets started. Um, obviously, this is an incredible number of, of free agents still out there. We briefly talk, talked through text yesterday about what I what I kind of feel was going on. I think that the uh, the the Dodgers have kind of broke the uh, the system a little bit with the amount of money that they threw at um, a few players, and I think that. Between the players and the agents, their asking prices are extremely high. Yeah, and due to the fact of the money that was thrown out there to the to the two big free agents, you know how I feel about one of them who has not played in the big leagues yet. He got entirely too much money in my eyes. Yamamoto, right? Yeah, it's way too much money for a guy that hasn't pitched yet. You got to prove me something. But um, I think that the owners have decided. I bet you these guys come screaming and, and come ready to sign come spring training time when they know that they need somewhere to play. And uh, I guess it's kind of a little bit of a standoff right now between the players and the, and the owners and the general managers as to who's going to jump first. You know, I think that, they're you know, the big guys are waiting for money. And then kind of the way the pecking order has always went, they kind of try to fall in order after that. Well, there's still some big guys out there. So the yeah. other guys don't want to shoot themselves in the foot and leave money on the table.
0: Uh, it, remarkably, Snell is still available. Raining Cy Young, Montgomery. We talked about it all off season, and then you have 161 other free agents. And I thought when Yamamoto signed, that would be the you know dominoes would fall. No, the money, I, man. The money uh, screwed it all up. Right. Hader signed with the – Josh Hader signed with the Astros just to bolster their bullpen, which is incredible, with uh, already a closer Ryan Presley. And they have Bobby – not Bobby, Abreu. Abreu is now going to be their seventh inning guy. Yeah, wow. Uh, Unbelievable bullpen. I thought after even Hader signed, the biggest reliever, you know, market would heat up. Nothing. So I do agree with you that owners right now kind of have everybody by the balls, the players, um cuz every, every the, the Dodgers kind of changed the whole baseball and up with you know, deferred <clears throat> signing everybody deferred money i mean uh, all the big players going there uh James Paxton free agent went to the Dodgers just for depth you know cuz Otani's not pitching he went he just signed there for 10 million um i didn't see that yet okay yeah that was uh early in the week and I, got, I think he got like $10.5 deal. one-year deal. Yeah, but, you know, they can't rely on uh, – well, I hope they can rely on Yamamoto for the money they're giving him. But, well, you, you hope know, so, man. They better. But depth, you know, they got Paxton. And like you had mentioned, uh, we were texting the other night, and I brought up Teoscar Hernandez, who uh, about a month ago signed with the Dodgers. He gave up multi – years and more guaranteed money to sign a one-year deal and it was all basically deferred but he went to the dodgers for a one-year deal so he could play on a super team yeah and that's unheard of you know it's uh, kind of like it,
1: the uh the nba kind of starting to yeah. happen in the, in mlb a little
0: bit you know right i'm thinking lebron james to the heat or you know durant to the golden state warriors where they all buddy up yeah. um you know you put it uh perfect and i agree uh what the dodgers have done uh, it's not good for the sport. But um, moving on to the Dodgers, the Mets do have spots that are seemingly available. I mean, they, they have to field a 26 man roster. They're not kind of there yet. But here's my take, Bill. What I don't understand, or not a take, my question, help me out here. Okay. The listeners and watchers, if you're watching on Shay A Little Media on YouTube or listening wherever you get your podcasts, the Mets are really. A DH, a Turner, J.D. Martinez, or a Jorge Soler, we've talked about them in depth, and a couple of relievers, quality, and they're all out there still, away from being competitive. But for some reason, it's like the Mets don't want to be competitive. Like, they're there. They're only going to get one-year deals, at least Turner, J.D. Martinez, and the, and most relievers. So, I mean, call me crazy. But no team doesn't want to be competitive, especially on New York market and an owner who has the deepest pockets. But the Mets have shown me nothing, at least David Stearns, that, and he's doubled down. I want to be, we're going to be competitive at 24, but the moves don't show it. Sign two relievers, a DH, one of them, and you're at least in the race. It's not hard to make the playoffs like we've discussed. I don't understand what they're. Maybe it's to your point. They're waiting it out to get better deals. You tell me. I, I really I don't understand it.
1: Um, I think that that's, that's definitely it. I, I think that the owners have now decided we're not just going to splash all this cash because the Dodgers have. And the players are feeling like there's money out there to be had. Um, it's a waiting game. I would like to, I, I'd like any of those three guys now at this point as a DH. You know, give, Just give me somebody as a DH. And uh, with the relief guys, you know, we've, we've talked numerous times about uh, Robertson. I know you said you like Wandy Peralta too, a guy that's pitched in New York, a guy that's had multiple successful yeah. seasons as a Yankee. Um, it would be nice to, to solidify those, but then you got to think about these, these, like, and you've even said it, some of the older guys, they feel like, you know what, I'm a veteran. I don't need to be in spring training. I don't want to be in spring training. So they're not, good point. they're not worried about whether I'm going to be ready or not. I have the, facilities and the and the money to do the things that i need to do to prepare and if i get in you know 50 at bats or 40 at bats or whatever if i get a few innings then i'll be ready to go so i think that that's that's what's going on and unfortunately it's just holding everything up down the lines but i'll take any of those three guys i do prefer solaire simply on a little bit younger um you got to worry about the other guys their possibility i hey i want to go win you know, yep. so if they don't feel like the Mets are a competitive fit, maybe Robertson's in that same boat where he knows he's towards the end of the line. Maybe he wants to try to, you know, make his biggest run. And if he doesn't feel it's the Mets, maybe that's what's holding it up a little bit as well as in, uh, with uh, re-signing and coming back.
0: You know, here, here's my, I, I, as you can tell, I'm frustrated and I'm a little confused because... The expectations aren't there like they have in the last couple of years. You know, they were favorites to win it all, spending all the money. This year, it's known just by their roster 90% complete that they're not going to have those expectations. But six teams make it in the National League. If you, and I'm repeating myself, sign like a David Roberts and a Wandi Peralta and get a Solaire, who does fit, if he wants three years, he does fit the plans of the next two, three years. I think so. And they're all still available. So it can't be that they're holding out and all the contracts and money are coming to them, to their agents, you know? So it's, again, to your point, it's like the owners have them by the balls. Right now, you know? know, Right Right.
1: now. And then I think it may switch back a little bit again when it comes down to, if oh, shoot, I haven't even filled out my roster yet. I got to fill out my roster. You know? So I think it's they're like playing a little bit of a pissing contest as to... You know, who's going to be the last man standing when it comes to, okay, we got to get something done now.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy that many free agents are still available. Uh, But here's the other thing, and it's a perfect segue for it. The Mets, and I've mentioned it, are not far from at least competing. Like they, they have their offensive core back, you know, and you hope for healthy years from Arte, who's in the Dominican League and McNeil with the bounce back year and Nimmo and Lindor and Pete doing what they do. You know, they have their offense, you know, but you can't rely on a Mark Vientos giving him 500 at-bats. You don't know what you're going to get. Or uh, Brett Beatty is your third baseman, but that's another reason to get a Turner who can play third and have depth there. Right now, Joey Wendell is your backup third baseman. You know, platoon guy. Comparable Kinda, to a Guillaume, I would say, right? Absolutely. 100%. Um, but – Stir- I'll say that they're incomplete right now. I'm not going to give a grade. Obviously, I can't. We can't because they don't have a complete team. But Stearns has shown me ha- so far that he's working like a small market team, like it's Milwaukee. And whether Steve said, "I'm giving you the keys to the team. You do what you want," and this is what Stearns is doing. I can't see that because own- Steve owns the team. How? A rhetorical question. If you're Steve Cohen. In New York, you say you want to win a World Series three to five years, and this is year four. How are you not even trying to be competitive? You know, We've already accepted, because we have no choice, it's called radical acceptance, that they're not going to have the expectations. But I don't understand how at least you just don't feel a competitive team. The players are still out there. We've mentioned them. So it just confuses me. It's mind-boggling. I
1: think, again, it's going to go back to the amount of money that was spent on a few players has raised the market so high, and with the amount of money that the Mets are having coming off the books after this year, maybe their outlook as to what this year was going to be has kind of altered a little bit, being yeah. that some of these players now feel like they can garner a bigger, you know, a bigger payday that, that may have been expected prior to the $800 million dollar contract and a $340 million dollar contract. Maybe, maybe that's kind of altered their, their path, knowing that they know that they're going to have money coming off the book, uh, for 25. They thought that we could maybe get some of these guys on the cheap to help us build into 25. And now these guys are, <laughs> they're going to want, you know, they're going to want their payday too.
0: I know. I And I could play devil's advocate for that. The guys that they really just need to complete their team with the relievers we talked about and the DHs, they're one year deals. You know, they're only these guys.
1: I want two years. You know, I want two years. I'm at the end of my career. Give me two years. MLB money is guaranteed. It's not like the NFL where you can sign me to a two year deal, and after one year, you're like, you know what, man, take a hike. They, that so? I don't see that as not. You know, I don't want a one-year deal. I want a two-year deal. I'm 38. I don't <coughs> care. I want a two-year deal. You just told Turner. me that you're going to sign Shohei Otani until he's 40, and you're going right. to sign this guy till he's 40. Well, I can pitch till I'm 40, or I can swing the bat till I'm 40.
0: It, it's just all of it doesn't make sense to me. Like Turner <coughs> and JD Martinez were on one-year deals last year. Yeah. You know, then they had good years, especially JD Martinez. Oh, there you and, go. Good year. I got, two, I got two more years left in me. And they're older, <laughs> and, and Martinez does have back problems and issues, but he put yeah. up great numbers. Um, we'll see what happens. Incomplete, you know. But uh, cool. it, it just, it, the next question is, and I, I think I alluded to it, and right now, who is protecting Pete Alonso in his walk year? Like, if your DH is Mark Vientos, you're putting a lot of faith in a guy who has minimal, very small sample size in the major leagues. Like, he's he's not the guy. Is it DJ Stewart who may be platooning the DH, lefty-righty with Vientos? Like, you have a guy in a walk, your fan favorite. Like, if your five-hitter is Vientos or Stewart, they're not going to pitch to Pete. So yeah, I think uh, I took a moment. It? Go ahead. Sorry. No, I'm, I'm I'm literally asking it, you know, because I, I, yeah. I took a moment
1: to think about this. And I think that at the way that it stands, if I was looking at it, and I'd really hate that they did this for a few years. And now I think the Yankees are still doing it. And I think they've got away from it a little bit. But I think at that point in time, maybe we're hitting Pete second. Yeah. And Lindor third. And then, uh, you know, maybe DJ Stewart's or Marte is hitting fourth. You know, I think that it might be a little more of a less conventional, more unconventional way of looking at the lineup, which I know that they've the teams have been doing over the last few years where, you know, you're putting your, your big power guy uh, where, you know, your power guy used to be three and four where you're moving him up in the lineup it, and they hopefully get him that one more at-bat. That's the only thing I can think of unless they can sign a Solaire or sign. Right. I mean, I wouldn't think that, you know, Martinez is more of a home run threat than Turner, but yeah. – uh, I think that that's what I would be thinking. Maybe I'm hitting Lindor after him, and I'm hitting Pete second.
0: Yeah. Well, it's funny. I thought along those lines as well because Pete has batted bat second before. Yeah. You have to have somebody protecting him, or they they just won't pitch to him because he's the only power threat. I know Lindor had a thirty thirty season, but you know he's not that power hitter you're afraid of.
1: Well, that's what so, I would hope. I would hope maybe, and we've talked about this uh, over the over the fall into the winter is maybe that would help uh francisco focus a little more on batting average you know getting the yeah. getting the job done a little bit other than hitting the ball over the fence maybe that could be a change of his approach a little bit cuz i'm more than i more than believe he's capable of doing that i think that he's fallen into the hit the ball over the fence syndrome that a lot of the major league teams have kind of went but you know i think that if you're going to know that Pete's going to get pitches thrown to him that you might be able to be a little more hitterish as opposed to feeling like you've got to save the day
0: yeah two is not out of the question he's batted there you know and he had probably a I gotta go back but I'll endure bat third and protect him but let's say hypothetically that he is batting fourth which he is has done 90 percent of his career McNeil batting fifth, Mar- you know, Alvarez, Marte, you know, Marte I would
1: think maybe Marte, maybe, but and then, you know, I would think that it would possibly go with the Nemo. Um, Nemo's your lead off hitter. Yeah. Nemo, I, McNeil, right. Lindor, uh, Alonzo, and then maybe Marte, you know, but we got we need to see that Marte's healthy again. I don't believe he was healthy at all last year. We've said that. I think yep. that obviously he's got a year under his belt from having his hernia surgeries. I expect him to to be a better player this year, but then where start to age starts to factor in as well. But, you know, maybe he aged a little bit over these years too. So you hope for the best, but I think that's another possibility. Uh, Stewart obviously finished the year tremendously hot, but he's still oh, yeah. going to have to continue that and roll that into to the following to the to this season coming up. But he would be another guy that if he could stay hot, man, I don't. I like his power swing behind him behind Pete if uh, if he shows that the, the capabilities and shows the the the, the you know. The success that he had
0: towards the end of the year last year. Yeah, lightning, lightning in a bottle with DJ Stewart, which gave him that guarantee contract for this year. Good for him.
1: I'm rooting for him, man, because I love that yeah. swing. I love the way he plays. I'm rooting for that guy. And I think he could be a, a nice, uh, a nice addition season long, getting getting him out there and getting that bats and building confidence.
0: Yeah, he's got raw power. Uh we, we saw it. Um, I think Stearns, this is my guess. He's play. He's been on record. He's going to play the young. He wants to have the young guys play, and you know he's making the decisions, not the new manager right now, Carlos Mendoza. Um, but at a certain point, if that doesn't work out, everything we just talked about is if. So it's like if everything works out, great. But that's a lot of ifs. If Marte's is healthy, <laughs> if Stewart can harness that lightning in a bottle for a full year, you know, it's a lot to ask for, um, and. You know, frankly, I'm not asking for a lot here. I'm asking for a team to be around 86 wins like the Diamondbacks and have a little chance of contention where they're not sellers at the deadline. Yeah. Is that is That's, that too much to ask for?
1: No, it's not. But I think that the way that things turned out, it's making it more difficult on us as fans and you as a fan uh, because of the way that things went last year it was so, so much of a letdown, quote-unquote, or whatever, call it a letdown, whatever you want it to say. Yeah. And then we just didn't make a haven't made a big splash this off season. So it makes it even that much more frustrating for the fan base and for the fans that, man, I just don't see it yet. I don't see it yet. So that's kind of how, you know, that's how the fans feel. Um, the, the, the trust has been put in Stearns. Uh, we have the young, a young core of talented players that are unproven. And listen, at every point in time, a young player is an unproven player until he can get out there and do it. So, Right. We're hopeful for the best. We're being optimistic, but obviously the questions and the frustration can be there because you just don't see the marquee lineup that you're, that you hope you were hoping for or expecting to see.
0: Yeah. And, and again, if all goes well, they have, you know, a lot to offer with Alvarez and, and Vientos. Yeah. You know, I, I've been on record that Vientos and again, small sample size, he's an AAA player and it looks like they're not going to get a DH and I could be wrong. And I hopefully am, but, right now it's Vientos and Stewart and it's like here you go Vientos here's your one chance with the Mets the keys to the DH you're going to get your 500 plate appearances you know um but it's a lot to ask for and yeah you're right uh it's it's frustrating after what we've had in the last couple of years yeah the
1: excitement and, in the, the the roster yeah. and
0: the players the names it's almost yeah. like everything has to go right just to be a competitive team and it's Honestly, again, I'm not going to go back, but I am. Sign Robertson, Peralta, get a DH, and let's rock and roll. But it's like I, the love, Mets. I love
1: it. I love it. We've right. been on board with Roberts Robertson since they traded him. You know, We're getting yeah. him back. You know, a gamer. Again, you got to worry about age, but that's with everybody. You know, that's a roll of the dice. But a proven commodity, a uh, proven eighth inning guy. I love man Solaire. I would love to. I would love to have him because I just think he brings in excitement as well too, and I think he kind of fits. Yep. Fits the mold a little bit here with, he has, with with the mixture of the Latin players and the American players and the the Asian players. I think it's just it's a good mix, you know.
0: Yeah. So there yeah. has swag. but More importantly, he has power, and the Mets don't have a power hitter other than Pete. Yeah. So that's what they're missing, and he's there for the taking, you know. And I don't want to see so, Nemo trying to hit home runs. You know, I don't want him yeah. to be a home run guy. I want him
1: to be who he is. Get your yeah. walks, hit your doubles, steal your bases, get on, you know, get on base. I don't yeah. want him. I don't want to sacrifice 20, 30 batting points on Nimmo's uh, average to try to hit yeah. a few more home runs. Let's get somebody that, that's a proven commodity to hit the ball over the fence and let Nimmo be Nimmo. And maybe yeah. Lindor doesn't have to be uh, A-Rod. Lindor can be Jeter, you know, or he doesn't right. have to worry about hitting a million freaking home runs. He can hit 25 and, and drive in 85 instead of having to hit 35 and 105, you know?
0: Uh, yeah. And just to put a bow on this, and we'll go to happier talk here because we're – you could get you're, you're getting the vibes off of me. I'm frustrated, and most fans are because these guys are still available, and you know Mets aren't signing you know anybody, and they can. not Well, the
1: good thing is is nobody's signing anybody really, so there's that's still Correct. to be had.
0: You know, uh, rumors are they have a 10 million cap left, which is bullshit. Like how you know Andy Martino said the Mets only have 10 more million to spend. They want to stay wherever, like, huh? That's one reliever, so. Uh, that means sign a, a Hector Narice. Well, no, you know, Narice is another free agent out there. Like he's going to get two years and good money. He you should. Know? He's been,
1: you know, he should. He's been good and he's been on a good right. team. He's, you know, he's been on a winning ball club. He's proven. He's a, another proven commodity.
0: Yeah. So they're, like you said, they are available. Let's see what happens. We got three weeks. You know, they'll, they're going somewhere. So moving on. A little happier talk. Uh, wanted to talk about Shea Stadium for a second. Um, been popping up on Twitter a lot lately. I have no idea why, but uh, it just got me thinking, and I wanted to just discuss with you, uh, go back and forth a little bit. Uh, do you have any favorite moments, either as a player who has pitched at Shea Stadium, or as a fan, maybe being in the stands, or uh, you know, either or both? Uh, anything that sticks out to you?
1: Well, I can give you. I can give you. Um... One is a player, and one is a fan. And one was I was actually a player, but it was during the winter time, and I had been brought up, and I can't even remember what in the world I was doing going up there, but the Mets had had me into New York and took me over to the stadium, up into the um, the boxes up top uh, and down and through the clubhouse and gave me a little bit of a a tour. So this is my first time ever going into my favorite team's stadium slash clubhouse. And I remember being up in the boxes and looking down and the field was covered in snow at the time. And so I was i was technically a minor league player for the Mets, but at the point I wasn't a major league player yet. I wasn't a Met yet. Um, okay. Just being there and knowing the history uh, of my favorite team and the players that have played there and my heroes that have played there, obviously being, <clears throat> you know, seeing it. Holy shit, this is Shea Stadium. This is where i dreamt about being my whole life. And then as a player – Obviously, the first time they ever walked out of the dugout, uh, walked down the, the dreary, disgusting tunnel down <laughs> into the dugout and out to the, just the great expanse uh, of Shea Stadium. It was just so huge. It seemed so much of a, a bigger place than, than, than New Shea city field. Um, just looking up there and seeing the Tommy the Agee uh, where he hit the ball past the yeah. field, uh, foul pole, just thinking how in the world did that ball ever get hit there. Um, I guess as a player and a fan, because yeah. I remember being in the dugout. I used to love when they would do the the plane races. Uh, oh yeah, you know, and it would be the low section, the, the whatever, you know, field level, and you would have to, you know, bet for your for your uh-huh. uh, level, and, uh, and it would fly around Shea and then back over to Laguardia. You know, it was up on the the scoreboard, the big screen. Uh, you know, yeah. it, was, it was, it was, I've always said the most dreary, gloomy, beautiful place that I've ever been to. I loved it.
0: I've always said it and all my fans can attest to it. You know, we've mentioned it, it was a dump, but it was our dump, you know? Uh, I can't talk about being a player obviously uh, for the Mets, but I could talk about just being a fan and, you know, walking up the steep ramps uh, to get to your seats as a fan where, it's like, where am I going? It's like you're on a roller coaster but, and going up, and it doesn't make sense, you know? Um, it, it just it, – it worked. It was a dump. It, you know Water leaking sometimes. The bathrooms were what they were. But when you got to the end of that ramp and you saw the field, you know, it was like a day game, and you get like 85 degrees and sun, and you smell the hot dogs and the smell of the grass, and you got there for batting practice and the crack of the bat it was like heaven, you know? Um, and for whatever reason, with the jets flying over being, you know, and obviously it's changed with the trajectory of city field and it, we don't have the planes flying over as much anymore. Right. Uh, very bare, But that was, you know, those little nuances at Shea Stadium made Shea Stadium great. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, I'm not knocking city field. We've, we talked about the Jackie Robinson rotunda, you know, I'm trying to, Maybe incorporate some baseball more so, but City Field's great. But I always look at Shea more as, as a ballpark, and City Field as a hybrid uh, bird of a ballpark and a tourist attraction, if you will. You know, where there's, there's a lot to do, and that's like the new thing for stadiums. So I get it. Yeah. But uh, Shea was great, you know, and as a fan, obviously a lot of memories there.
1: So absolutely.
0: Always good to reminisce hey, about. Yeah, I tell you
1: what, being on the field when those planes would go over, it was very loud. I'm sure it was loud in the stands as well, but it was very loud out on the field when they would fly by.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, no, that's interesting. You always would see batters step out of the box when a plane would be over, say. Pitchers, I guess the equivalent, step off. Yeah. yeah, you, know, you couldn't do that in 2023, and 2024. No. Pitch, <laughs> disengagement, you know. but right. I wonder when, if they would, I,
1: they would make a, uh, a, a specific – change for that for the air, the airplane rule you're allowed yeah. to, you're allowed a second timeout if the airplane flies by yeah why
0: not I mean they have all these crazy rules you know added, added along so well they've
1: changed them again right they sped things up again even is that that's yeah been, uh, that's it, been it's it, eight,
0: right? eight, 18 seconds now you have as a pitcher when a guy's on base instead of what was 20 last year so two second difference how really is that going to change the game like what what i don't really think. need that i guess people so. are gonna
1: have to get to the ballpark just a little bit earlier to get their money's worth you know make sure you get there for bp that's not being taken
0: it, it's it's crazy you know <laughs> it, it just is but it's always good to reminisce about big old shea oh know? yeah shea, it, i
1: used to love and i mean just driving up and you see the big big sucker you know big blue yeah. right
0: there It's it was hey beautiful and i forgot what you were referring to about the, the you know the on the jump on the what do they call it? Diamond vision. I think it's, yeah. uh, you know, with the, the race of the planes. Yeah. Field box was orange, obviously glue was right. loge. Yep. Green was mezzanine and red was upper deck. There you go. For, forgot about that. And, uh, you know, things like that just made, made the little I look forward sort of, to it
1: every night. I look forward to that every night. And I also look forward to, and I don't remember what the movie is, but the guy, it's an old man who runs out through the window and he goes, I want everybody out of your seats. And all oh, together Jack, with me, yeah. I want you to sing, Jack, and yell, and it was "Let's go, man." That was, you know, that was Jack
0: okay. Nick. Jack Nicholson was the actor. Was it? Yeah, and uh, oh no, that I know the uh, other man. Sorry. But it's uh, so- is it
1: Soylent Green? Was that the movie that it's from? I believe it is.
0: Uh, yeah. yeah. I, there Somebody was will exactly. be able
1: to tell us on X. Somebody yeah. knows for sure they better would, than they, us.
0: And they changed it to Let's Go Mets and yes. uh, edited edit it out, and it got the stadium rocking. Yep. All, that was their go-to. So, Love yeah. It. And then obviously, uh,
1: uh, and I think they still do it. What is it? After the seventh inning stretch, they play Lazy, Lazy
0: yeah, Mary. Yeah, Lazy Mary. Right? Yep. And, that was always uh,
1: something to look forward to at Shea Stadium.
0: I'm thinking when John Franco would come in to close Jack Nicholson, it would be here's Johnny. That's yeah, yeah. What, there we go. That's what. But uh, yeah, what you're referring to is spot on. Um yep. I you think know. it's
1: Soylent Green. I believe somebody will somebody will let us know one of the one of the one of our yeah. loyal listeners I, and loyal fans knows.
0: In in this little head of big head of mine, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. But I I can't tell you the movie off the top of my head. But I know exactly how you it know what goes. I'm talking about. We all do. Yeah. Yep. Uh, good old Shay. So we're going to move on to the mailbag now. All um, right. People listening, listeners are watching for the first time every week. We ask on Twitter or X, uh, if you'd like a question for Bill or myself to answer, we will uh, answer it by me tweeting out on Shay underscore hello. Uh, questions for Bill. Just write it right there in the comment section. And we'll read them and answer your questions uh, live on the pod, which we're going to do right now. Um, So uh, let's just get right into it. We had last week off. uh, So we're going to incorporate questions from this week and also last week. So here we go. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. We'll start with your boy, NYMGI. He goes, he never has a question for me. It's always you. He goes, for Bill, he loves you, Uh, for Bill. Just wondering. I think he loves you, you too, sh- though. He's he's a loyal listener. He really is. But uh, it's <laughs> always the questions for you, I, and I get them. I'm, I'm just just teasing everybody here. I know. Uh, for Bill, and we did touch upon this. Uh, just wondering if you could share some Buddy Harrelson stories. So, uh, will well, we'll talk about it. You know I'll but, give I'll
1: give one because we did speak to him earlier, and I thought about this a little bit, and I thought it was really a cool thing that he did for us, the team, the year that we won in 04 when we won a championship. And, um, the whole year, like we got off to a tremendous start and, you know, in the Atlantic league, you know, this, you're aware of this, other fans and, and listeners might not know this. It's a two half system where you play a first half and you play a second half and uh-huh. you have a first half winner and you have a second half winner. All right. So in the first half, we ran away with the thing. And then a bunch of guys got signed out of there. Uh, me, Billy Seamus, uh, Lance Davis, a few other guys, they got signed and we went on to go when we went to AAA a with some organizations and during the season, Lucy Goosey was the, the saying. That was Buddy's that was Buddy's saying. Lucy Goosey. Yeah. Lucy Goosey. Yep.
0: Lucy Goosey. No well. He kept it all
1: those years. And I am sure that, that came from, you know, the Mets days and, and probably his playing days. But um, we all decided after the se- the minor league season ended, the Atlantic League season was still going on, we'd all decided, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna ask for our releases, which might not have been the smartest thing at the time. But it didn't matter, because then you just look like, okay, another guy got released. Why did they release him? Anyway, we all decided we're going to come back, and we're going to get the band back together. And he made, he had shirts made, undershirts, and not just t-shirts, but the, you know, the... The, the good stuff. The, the good stuff. And he had shirts made up, loosey-goosey, and on the back, we're getting the band back together. Because wow. that's what we all... And that, I thought that was always really cool that he did that, because... You know, look, yeah. independent baseball, Atlantic League, you're not making a lot of money. Uh, you don't get treated the best, even though the Ducks do it better than most. Uh, I thought that was a cool thing that he did for the whole team and got everybody that. And uh, it was just kind of him, loosey-goosey, you know. And yeah. uh, I'll never forget that. I know I got the shirt somewhere stashed away in my memorabilia. But that was a, I always thought that was something that was pretty cool that uh, that Buddy. And just we loved the loosey-goosey. And then, you know, him to get the shirts made up for us when we all came back with the band back together. I thought was pretty cool.
0: That's a great story, I, and when Buddy passed away, I, uh, you know, I'm still in touch with a lot of former Duck players. Back when I was there, they all they all of them still did the hashtag loose, loosey Goosey. Goosey. So, yeah, you know, it, it made its way from '04 all the way to you know eight years later. So you
1: you you're fully aware of what I'm talking about. Yep. I am. Yep. So
0: good story, good question, and again, Buddy Harrelson, rest in peace. Uh, let's move on to another uh, one of our Avid listeners, Jeff Cohen, who also has a great podcast, uh, Baseball and Barbecue. I recommend tuning in, subscribing to his podcast. It's great. Uh, He's actually got a question for both of us. So uh, we'll go. Let's start with you. Why not? Um, Bill, did you like hitting? And he did some research, by the way. You had two doubles and four RBIs in your first season. How much emphasis was put on the pitcher and hitting slash preparing for sacrifices and all that sort of thing. I, I,
1: yeah, um, I, I did enjoy hitting. Um, I was, I played, you know, I was a two way player. That's what they call them nowadays. Back in the day, you were just a player that, that pitched. But right. Um, I did play, I played, I obviously left-handed, played a lot of first base growing up and then moved to center field in high school because Brian Buchanan, who actually ended up playing in the big leagues with the Yankees and the Padres, uh, he moved to first base. Um, Enjoyed hitting, loved it, wanted to be a position player, um, enjoyed shagging fly balls. I would, uh, when it comes to bunting and preparation, uh, if you're a top minor leaguer and a pitcher, you go to what they call instructional league every year. And I did it three years on my way up, and in my fourth year, I made it to the major leagues. Uh, That's a six six or seven-week program, kind of like a spring training for top prospects. Every morning, every morning before real workout started the pitchers were um out on the field with bobby floyd who was our minor league field coordinator feeding the machine and we had uh grids out a three-point grid a four-point grid a five-point grid on either side and we did bunting competitions so i did this for three years in the fall so the preparation for bunting in that at the time was was immense within that's huge um Obviously, you didn't hit in rookie ball and A ball. You didn't hit till double A, but they made sure that the pitchers did take, take some form of batting practice in the minor leagues. Then once you get to the big leagues, the, the starting pitchers hit every day. And Obviously, yeah. it's changed now, but you were the first group every day. You were out early, and you hit. the starting pitchers hit early, and then the position players came out and hit. And BP was an everyday thing for the most part. Obviously, you had your days where it was a rain day or you just traveled. But um, yeah, there was preparation, and I took pride in it. Absolutely, it got harder as I got older, because you didn't uh faces, you know, you didn't get as many regular at bats. But um, I can I, I took pride in my hitting. Yes.
0: Did you uh, you brought up some uh, memories that I had when I was with the Ducks and you know other minor league teams. The pitchers, at least, uh, I was with a, a team in uh, Maryland broadcasting. Tommy Herr was the manager. Was this is the Blue and Crabs? Uh, Hagerstown Suns. Okay, okay. And uh, Tommy Herb, great all-time second baseman for the uh, Cardinals, you know, double play uh, uh, combo with uh, Ozzy Smith. Yes. Uh, He was the manager, and the players, the pitchers requested, if they threw X amount of strikeouts or a shutout, they got bad practice. There you go. We loved it. We loved it. You know, everybody can talk a little shit to each other and –
1: You'd make a little game out of it, you know, and uh, yeah. it was, yeah, we loved it. We actually had a running, a game that incorporated our running. It was called One-Eyed Cat, and it was the craziest game. And I don't remember specifically the rules, but it had something to do with getting the ball back to the bucket. Uh, and you had to run the ball to the bucket if you got it when you were on defense. And when you hit the ball, you didn't run to first base. You had okay. to sprint from home plate to second base and get Ooh. to second base before they got the ball back into the bucket. And it was kind of a way of incorporating having some fun, taking some batting practice, as well as getting some conditioning in. And we we, loved, we couldn't wait to play One-Eyed Cat. We loved it.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I don't that sounds like called
1: One-Eyed Cat. But I, <laughs> yeah,
0: I was going to ask. Wait, I, had I no I, idea. Yeah, I couldn't. So tell we loved you. playing it, it. Sounds like a lot of cardio. Yeah, you know, it was.
1: It was, and it was, it was a lot of fun and competition. Yeah. You know, you're competing because it would be at one team against the other team. And when you got your outs, we would flip flop. And now we're out in the field running while mm-hmm. they're hitting. And, yeah,
0: it was, we loved it. Yeah, well, the game has changed obviously now with the DHs and pitchers not batting, but uh, unfortunately, we, we, we can remember the good times where pitchers, you know, were hitting and, uh, or, you know, or even not hitting, ju- or not hitting, at or least missing. trying, trying to hit, <laughs> right? Uh, but uh, good question, uh, great answer as well. Thank and you. uh He's got one for me. I'll answer it quick. Uh, Casey, where do you prefer to sit at City Field? Is there a particular location that is better than any others? Um, I'll answer it this way. I, I don't have a favorite place in City Field to sit, but I always, whether, whatever stadium I'm rooting for the team, so Mets, obviously, behind where their dugout is. So if they're playing the Marlins in Miami, I'm um, behind that. They actually have the first base dugout there. So. Which is rare for you know, a visiting team, but I, I like to sit behind if I can. And in Miami, very easy to get close seats. By the way, um, that that would be my answer, right behind the dugout where the Mets are, you know, situated. So, so I'll
1: at t- home, at home, first base side.
0: Yep, absolutely. I'll tell
1: you this, but I, I did find this out. I'll make it quick. Um, day games at at New Shea City, city Field. You definitely want to sit third base side though, yeah. Day games because first base side is right in the sun, and you will get fried in the middle of the summer if you're uh, you're sitting third yeah. base side.
0: Totally Dude. agree. Yeah. So great, great questions once again uh, by Jeff, and we got time for one more. Jimmy lags. He's been uh, reoccurring as well. We'll go with uh, his question. He's got, I guess, the same question for both of us. He goes, Bill and Casey. Thanks for reading my. Uh, questions on air on the pod. I was wondering what both of your opinions were on Mark Vientos. Uh, I'll go go first. Go ahead. Uh, We've talked about it. Uh, Listen, if we're not, if the Mets are not getting a DH like we talked about, uh, whether the the three guys that we talked about, then it's going to be Vientos. It's his time to shine. He's got the power. He's got the exit velocity. Uh, He's young. He's motivated. I've seen his workouts that he puts on Instagram. You know, he looks like he's in shape. Uh, I'm rooting for the kid. I have no choice. He's, he seems like a good guy. Uh, do I want another DH who's proven? Of course. But if it is Vientos, I have no choice but to root for him. I do see the power and the how the ball comes off his bat. You know, he hits the ball harder than most. So usually that translates to good things. So I, again, incomplete, I haven't seen enough of Vientos, but I've seen that there's a lot of good things. If you're like a hitting coach that you could work on to harness what he could bring. So it's not the worst thing to have in a guy in Vientos. If you want to play the young guys, uh, yes, I'd rather JD Martinez, but if it is Vientos. So be it. He has the tools to hit you 30 home runs and get on base. If it is that, let's see it. How about you um, as a former young
1: swag player myself yep.
0: uh-huh.
1: I would say this about him cut the cut the swag shit out a little bit and let's just get hard-nosed baseball and, and focus on baseball and not caring about gold chains or tight pants or any of that nonsense it really doesn't matter earn your swag a little bit more I would have told a 21 year old 22 year old bill pulse for the exact same thing Um uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it. You know, either you do it or you don't. We've talked about that. And, um, he has not done it up to this point, obviously rooting for him, want him to do well, but I would say a little less about the flair and a little bit more about the working hard and, and, and let's, let's get it done.
0: Couldn't agree more. Um, the, the last thing I'll say, and then we're going to move on to quick pitches. He, Hasn't had the opportunity to play every day. And we've talked about this. When you know you're in the lineup every day, pressure's a little bit off that you you could go over for 4 and not have to wait three yeah, days. Yeah, you know, absolutely. that's huge. And that, that's a huge thing. So, uh, you know, that could help. But uh great questions once again. So thanks for everybody who chimed in. Again, if you're watching on Shalo Media on our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button you're listening wherever you get your podcasts follow us leave a comment what do you think about vientos what are our listeners uh opinions on uh mark vientos i'd love to hear what they have to say um so thanks again for all the questions <clears throat> time for quick pitches it's been uh two weeks bill yeah. so uh again for the uh the new people maybe who have not listened quick pitches simple three questions for bill polsfer i ask them doesn't have to be baseball related he doesn't know what's coming, and without further ado I'm ready Here Are you
1: I am one hundred percent almost prepared
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know prepared. what's coming <laughs> that's a great that's actually a great answer um, I don't know if I asked this so if I did I got another uh, a backup okay number one is a hot dog a sandwich in your opinion
1: no it is a hot dog it is not a sandwich
0: okay um, it's, it's a it's its own subspecies in my house. So even bread and with the substance, the tubular substance in the bread, doesn't make it a sandwich. In my eyes, I'm not
1: going to – if somebody else wants to say it's a sandwich, I'm not going to argue with them or begrudge them that they say it's a sandwich. In my own personal eyes, it is a hot dog. Okay. And a sausage and peppers is a – sausage and peppers, I would say, a hoagie over a – and I hate to say that, but it is – or a sub – you know, yeah. it's not a sandwich, but I guess a sub sandwich. <sighs> it's it's a hot it's a dog a sandwich. One. I'm going to say no because of the the, 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 the hot dog itself. Okay, it's not a sandwich, but if you want to call it a sandwich, I'm not going to be angry with you. I'm going to think it's a little weird, but I'm going to call it. It's a hot dog.
0: I get it. You're you're not so against. It's not a sandwich, but you're staying firm on. It's, it's a hot, a hot dog. dog. Yes. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Number two, I guess I haven't asked that question. So no, you have. Good. Uh, number two, in your opinion, so if we're we're talking about things that maybe could go on hot dogs, and food related. Okay. What is your favorite type of cheese? There's a lot out there. Oh man, that is a
1: really, really, really hard question because I do I love cheese. I do love who, cheese. Who doesn't? Um. I don't want to sound really simple and just say like a really sharp cheddar, because because that is one of my favorites. Munster's right up there
0: too. Hey, it's your answer. You know, you could be whatever it is. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Munster.
1: Okay. But I know there's another cheese that I eat with crackers sometimes at a buddy's house, and I can't think of what it is. it's not Gruyere. But a nice pork cheese is good too, man. There's so many. It's it's tough. But I'm gonna just say Munster, Munster is good. I like a nice grilled cheese sandwich with Munster and ham in it, man. That's a, that's a that's a sandwich and that's a heck of a sandwich.
0: That's a hell of a sandwich. Yeah. yeah. A nice grilled cheese. Yeah, that's a sandwich for
1: sure. But I uh, listen. I like a grilled cheese with American as well. But a grilled cheese with Munster and a nice little bit of ham, and they're not too much because you don't want you want the ham to not be. You want your ham warm. You know, you don't want that big lump in there. and You don't get it all the way warm before you melt your cheese or or, or toast your bread. But uh, okay, I like, monster. That. Okay. Monster, I like that monster. Okay, I like that sharp cheddar's not bad though.
0: Yeah, it always turns quick pitches somehow into food. I mean, I'm asking food questions, but uh, yeah, it's always a good discussion. But cheese, uh, to your, what you said, there's so many good kinds. So, okay, so I, I, I
1: don't know how people eat a hamburger. What's that? what the heck's a hamburger? You, gotta, yeah. you don't put cheese on it. I'm not,
0: that's not a, uh, yep. it makes it, you know, you got to have that cheese on there. So what you're saying is that you don't have hamburgers. You, you have, cheeseburgers. I have cheeseburgers. Yeah. I eat cheeseburgers. Got it. Yes. Okay. I eat cheeseburgers. Man, I got it. Makes sense. Uh, let's go with number three. I don't okay. know. I don't know about this one. I'm gonna, we're going to test the waters. All right. What would be the worst buy one, get one free sale in the world that you could think of? A Bogo, if you will. Yeah. Buy one to Works. get one. It's a tough question. I want to put you on the spot because it's been a while. Buy
1: one heart attack, get the second
0: heart attack free. <laughs> uh,
1: buy I mean. One, okay. You buy one okay. shark attack, get the second shark attack free.
0: Yeah, I mean you don't. You don't want two of those. You don't want one of those. Right. Right. I guess my question is, why are you buying a heart attack or a shark I don't know. Attack?
1: I don't know. I don't know why you would buy one thing that you didn't want the second thing anyway, but that was your question. Yeah. Uh, buy one t- fall off of the Empire State Building, <laughs> get the second fall off the Empire State Building for free.
0: So basically death you're basically asking for. Basically death. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I guess
1: you don't get the second one anyway at that you're point. Not, you're, you're not
0: getting the second one with yeah. the shark or the Empire State Building.
1: Buy one um, leg amputation. Oh get second leg amputation
0: for free. So you're out of legs then. There's no yep. death,
1: but now you have no legs.
0: Okay, you're, you're Lieutenant Dan then. You exactly, know? that's right. right or Magic leg. Uh, okay, I have another one for you. I was All testing right. the waters. We don't usually go four questions, yep. but we're going to make an exception because we didn't do last week. Okay. Uh, what is your go-to, and uh, hear me out here, I know I don't really know how to ask this. What is your go-to if you don't know someone's name do you go, hey, bro, or chief, or buddy, or guy? Do you have any of those? Or It's, it's buddy. Know. It's buddy. buddy. Hey, okay. buddy. Yeah. Right.
1: And it's funny because it's kind of like a joke between some of the guys that I played with, the Ducks and Billy Seamus and uh, Lance Davis. Lance played with the Reds a little bit, and Seamus was a, uh, a White Sox. He was a closer to the White Sox for a while at the major league level. And it was big buddy and little buddy. And we were yeah. all I – was, I was big buddy, but Seamus was also big buddy. And unfortunately, Lance was always little, buddy, because Lance was a smaller guy. He was yep. one of the little smaller than the, the, the two of us. So it's definitely, hey, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. Yeah. And I, something that I've wanted to be better at and I am doing better at is getting people's names. Because I'll never forget a face. I will never forget a face. But I've, like in you. my life, yeah, I'm very guilty of names. So I've made a con- concerted effort to try to be better at that as, I, as I've gotten older. But buddy, yeah. buddy. Yeah. And some I, I, people hate that. And I don't use it as like a buddy because, you know, hey, listen here, buddy. It's not like it's not like that. You know? I, when yeah. I say buddy, I really mean my buddy.
0: Right. It's not malicious, not condescending. No, absolutely it's, not. I feel like everybody, especially males, have that. It's always if you don't know his name, you go one of those guy, bud, bro, man, yeah. whatever so buddy for you.
1: Neil Heaton, who I give lessons across from at, at the same building for years and years and years. His was shooter. He called everybody "shooter." Hey, what's up, shooter? That's a new one. Hey, shooter! Okay. I like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I, for me, buddy, yeah. uh, I'm a buddy, and I'm like you too. I, I never forget a face. Never. Names are harder, uh, but uh, you know, the face you'll—it's it's, sometimes it's impossible to forget. But names, there's—it's harder. So I'm, I'm, I'm like you. Yeah, I actually and,
1: have. Sometimes I'll have a dream of somebody <laughs> that I haven't seen in years and years and years, and the face will be. Exactly how my mind remembered it. It's really strange when that happens. And, I'll, and like, do you hey, remember their name? Yeah, it, yeah. Oh wow! Not always, not always. Right. But it's usually, you know, it's usually somebody that I do know. But I'm like, holy! I can't believe I haven't seen that person yeah. in ten years, and they were in my dream last night, and they looked exactly like I remembered them.
0: And if you remember yeah. their name in your dream, I guess your subconscious is talking to you, you know, yeah, letting you know. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Okay. When, you start,
1: when you start dreaming in a second language, that's pretty cool too. Oh yeah, but we're that, getting that's. that's a-
0: that's for another yeah. time. Hey, that's the, this is the point of quick pitches, man. You know, we, yeah. we, we get into, uh, into some in-depth, weird, uh, philosophical, crazy conversation. So, oh, it
1: is, and it usually gets pretty good.
0: Yeah, and once again, I think we – I was testing the waters for questions, and I think we, we, uh, we nailed it. So uh, just like that, episode 22 is in the books. So – uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. Wherever you get your podcasts, we're, we're everywhere. Apple, Spotify, uh, Google, uh, uh, Amazon, Fire TV, uh, wherever. Follow us. And, of course, if you're watching, say hello, media. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. want to give a special thank you to Stephen White uh, and this podcast, roots recordingscom uh, Thank you, Stephen, our producer, Behind the Scenes uh, Bill, 22 in the books, uh, any final words and, uh, you know, anything you'd like to say to our listeners, anything on your mind before we, uh, sign off for the day?
1: No, man. Uh, just thanks to everybody. Uh, you know, thanks to our loyal listeners. Thanks to anybody that's new. That's uh, out there listening. Thanks for the questions, Casey. Uh, thanks for the questions fans. Thanks, Steve. And, uh, hopefully we get to have some exciting signings to, uh, to talk about, yeah. but we're not far from baseball.
0: Not far. Yeah, I have a feeling next episode, which will be 23 next week, we're going to talk about the Hall of Fame class. Yeah, we're not we're not talking on purpose this right now, um, but hopefully we have some Mets players that were enshrined, uh, and like you just said, uh, free agents that signed as well. So, well, uh, without any more of that, I want to thank everybody once again for tuning in or watching, listening, whatever it might be. Stay safe, everybody. If you're in the Northeast or wherever it's cold, stay warm. And uh, we'll catch you next time on the Say Hello podcast.